0: Church, can you guys hear me this morning? I can. Can you guys hello yeah, well, All right. <laughs> well we bring you greetings from the state of Jefferson. Have you guys ever heard of the state of Jefferson the state oh. of Jer- Well that's Northern California wanting to succeed California. <laughs> My wife Julie and I are here from... Uh, aid in california which is a uh, northeast part of the state about an, about an hour shy of uh the oregon border one of the darkest places in the state where you can actually see the stars and see his his glory in the, in the, it, i mean it really we at night we sometimes we get the sun setting over mount shasta and then the moon rising a full moon rising in the other side it's just glorious and then so it's good to be back here. I don't know if you, if you guys don't know who we are. I used to lead worship here for a few years. And we're from Pasadena, LA, California. That's where I grew up. And, and um, lived in Big Bear for several years. And so this was our church. And uh, we're glad to be here this morning. So we're going to worship God. Is that okay? Let's all stand as we worship the Lord this morning. Father, we lift our hearts to you this morning, God. Give you all the praise, Jesus, for you alone are worthy, God. You alone are holy. Holy Spirit, come, rest upon us this morning. to graves into God. turn graves into God. I search the world
1: God of the mountains I you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways, you're the only
2: glory and there's a theme in our music this morning about the goodness of God there's nothing better than you and, and the, the songs that come at that same theme just God is so good but that line you turn shame into glory I've just really been grieved lately watching our world I'm not alone I know you guys see it and feel it too the young people especially, and the damage that's being done to them by the lies they believe, and that the whole identity changing, and oh, if you just change your identity, and some of that is so devastating, it's so grievous. Destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit, the body, the being that God made them to be, and a willful misleading and a willful destruction. And God just grieves with us and the things they're being led to do. And we as adults, we look back and we know we've been there, right? Nobody's exempt. We were all teenagers once, right? We've all walked through those places that we would take back if we could. And the young people of this generation are walking through a valley of death and of destruction. And what will it look like for them in five years, in 10 years when they realize all that they put themselves through or all that someone else put them through didn't fix the problems that only God can fill. And I just feel so convicted right so powerfully led. We have to be praying over them. We have to be praying for them, I mean, just when you see the headlines, you see the pictures, just let that lead you to prayer of protection over them. Because God alone can turn shame into glory. And instead of, instead of despairing over what we see in the flesh, what is God going to do with this broken generation? that is searching and so desperate that they will hurt themselves so deeply. How much do they need God? And how much love do they need? and how much how much truth do they need spoken? And that's that's on us. We're the ones who are going to bring that to them. And I just I want us to remember that this morning. and as we sing these songs, lift it up, lift, lift up, especially those youngsters. Um, you know, and, and anyone who is struggling with understanding their identity in Christ, because this is the answer. Amen.
0: My favorite words are, but God, right? Amen. But God. There's always some sort of, look like things were going the wrong way, but then, but God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, so we're just going to lift that up.
1: than him. I've been faithful. it's the spirit I just feel it amongst you amongst us just appreciate you so much
0: I will choose to praise the Lord, I will choose to worship Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. praise you God, Cause you went to that cross, you went to that cross, but death could not hold you down, of Matthew, it says that the veil to the temple was rent. So no longer did we have to, the priest go in there once on the Passover and and offer the sacrifice of the blood of the the slain goat or slain heifer. But now God said access because, you know, God is love, but he's also holy. It's the holiness of God that demanded there be a price paid. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus, the Word of God, He's existed from all eternity. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the book of John says. And He went to the cross and He made a way. Do you believe that this morning, church? Because you see, it's the simple thing believe in Jesus, you receive the gift of salvation this morning. You have to receive Christ. There's no other way, because there's only one God, and that one God sent His Son. You see, that's that's why. There's not many ways. There's one way. I mean, I know, I know that's a hard message, but it's the truth. So never, church... Never relinquish on that. Never step back from that. Be bold. Sometimes he takes us through, I don't want to say a dry place, but we don't always feel the spirit of God. But I choose to praise anyway. I just praise him in that moment. I just praise until he comes. There's a song that we're doing right now that I wrote this song. In a little house over here on Sugarloaf on Spruce Lane. I used to belong folks who, when they retired up here, and then uh, my brother and my, sister, my sister-in-law own it now, they appreciate this for my brothers and everything, but um, I used to just walk around in that house and see it's the joy of the Lord that gives us strength, the joy of the Lord, that there's just a song that just comes, and we praise Him, and it's... Sometimes when you read the scriptures, you know, Paul will just break out and they call it a doxology where he just says, and all the glory and praise to our King because he can't help himself. (laughs) Do you you know that this morning? Have you experienced that with Jesus Christ? Because you see, it's the truth. It's not a lie. It's the truth. And we give him all the praise. And the presence of the Spirit is here this morning. Father, we just ask that Hearts be healed this morning, bodies be healed, nothing can stand, sickness cannot stand in your presence, for we are washed by the blood of the King, we are washed by the Lord of Lord, Lord of glory.
2: this in 2014 and some of you were here and you remember that time because you had come to church and at that time his son Sean was living in his house was in and out of jail was on drugs was probably near death with it was stealing from him was a constant burden and worry he was leaving the job he'd been at the security that he had his life was upside down This is a sacrifice of praise. And some of you might be in that place this morning. This might be a sacrifice of praise. You might not have come to church feeling like life was rosy and everything looked great and you just wanted to raise your hands and just sing out. And on those days, God honors that so deeply, so deeply. And it is such a beautiful thing that you all have brought this morning. Your heart's willing to worship. Just lay that down at the foot of the cross. And it so blesses me, and I know both of us. And whatever it is that you're bringing this morning, just sing this song as a sacrifice of praise, whether that's praying over your own wayward children. Because those of you who knew Sean, he just texted Robert a few weeks ago. He's living up in Alaska. He said, Dad, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered, he's been clean he's been clean for years now he cried out to the lord and he answered from this place of a pit of despair god is faithful and good don't give up on your kids because their shame will be turned to glory they are writing a testimony and god has got them amen to that
0: This morning a great
3: You, oh good morning journey church <laughs> well hey if you're joining us for the first time we would love to get connected with you so there's a uh, connection cards in the pockets of the seats that you can fill out and put in the, oh there we go <laughs> so now I'm not so mystical. <laughs> Um, But yeah, if you're joining us for the first time, there's connection cards in the pockets of the seats that you can fill out and put in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room. We would love to get connected with you. Um, I have just a couple announcements. Um, Before I dive into announcements, Mickey, do you want to come give yours about the men's retreat? Probably better to hear from a man about the men's retreat than me, right? (laughs) So let me give it over to Mickey.
4: So, guys, we're having the men's retreat September 19th to the 22nd, and it's at Panguitch Lake. We're actually staying in Bryanhead, Utah, uh, for four days. Uh, We leave on a Monday, and we come back on a Thursday. Uh, We're listening to a guy, a video series by a guy named Mark Batterson. Uh, He's a pastor, and he's really good. Uh, He wrote a book, um, a new book called, Uh, play the man and in there he talks about seven virtues of being a man and in the world we live in uh, we've kind of lost that you know we've kind of lost what it is to be a man but in there he talks about tough love clear vision moral courage childlike wonder true grit and raw passion and those are the areas that he covers but one of the things that has been hitting me uh, personally is you know how you sometimes have a vision for your life. Um, We had five kids and all the kids were home and I was a teacher and a coach and I kind of knew who I was, right? And then you retire and all your kids move out. And then you go, I'm not sure who who I am anymore. Um, And so you have to get even another vision from the Lord, right? And so the thing that's been hitting me often in praying for men is a lot of us men, we really don't have a clear vision for our families. We might have a clear vision for our job. We might have a clear vision for something else, but we really, when I talk to young guys, and I I coached, so I talked to a lot of young guys, when I talk to guys uh, and say stuff like, well, what's your vision for dating? Honestly, when I ask young guys that, they kind of look at me like, what? You know, like, I have to have a plan for that? And I'm like, yeah, I wish someone had talked to me and told me I needed a plan for that before I started, you know? And so we need the older men, those of us who are more mature, we need to really have a clear vision for us. And we need to know where the Lord's taking us before, because we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders in our home. How do you lead if you don't even know what your own vision is? You know, so first thing we have to do, men, we have to get a vision for us. And if you come to the retreat, I think you are going to get a vision for you. Um, so the the retreat costs three hundred dollars, which you think three hundred dollars. Uh, that pays for a pontoon boat, it pays for your place to stay, all your food, your fishing license, like that kind. You don't get that kind of a deal any place but here. That's um, <laughs> because Rob's sponsoring us. <laughs> uh actually you know last last couple years from the retreat we actually put a couple hundred dollars into the church so uh but we invite all you guys to come we've already there's 12 beds and we already have six of them filled so if you want to come you need to talk to me or rob or joe okay okay guys
3: All right. Well, the next announcement I have for us is that we have our baptism after church today. Woo! Um, I think we have a, a decent amount of people that are getting baptized, so praise the Lord for that. That's so exciting. Um, some details about that. After church, we need a couple uh, hands to help load a few things up so that we can then take it over to Whispering Pines, which is just down the road here. I think it's 391 Montclair Drive, is what it is. And we're going to be meeting at the, um, there's like little grassy area that we'll set up and we'll need help setting everything up it's a potluck so bring some food and then those of you that are getting baptized we're going to be meeting in the clubhouse at 11:45 <clears throat> and then we'll start the baptism at 12:15 and so there, I think that's everything um, so yeah so if we can get some help loading stuff up right after service and then help unloading and setting it all up over there that would be awesome. Um, The next announcement I have is that this this coming week, we are doing our Illuminate Youth Group yard sale during Labor Day weekend, and so we're looking for help. (laughs) Yeah, we're looking for help for those that could possibly come and maybe help organize, help set up, move furniture, all that kind of stuff. We have stuff that's out in storage that people have donated or from last year's sale. And so how that looks this week is Tuesday night, we've got the youth group. We're going to be organizing clothes, Anybody's welcome to come. That starts at 630 and we're going to be organizing clothes that night. And then we've got um, Wednesday. I'll be here organizing clothes from five to seven. So if anybody wants to come keep me company, that would be awesome as well. We've got Thursday. Thursday is the big guy. This is when we bring everything out of storage and we organize everything. So as many hands <coughs> excuse me. What well, they say, many hands make light work. And so let's make it light. <laughs> Please. Um. <laughs> so that's uh, Thursday night. We'll be I'll be here as early as four o'clock, probably till about eight thirty that night, um, setting up stuff. So if you guys can come between that time, any time between then. We would really appreciate it. And then the sale, you're welcome to come during the sale. Come spend some money. Come donate. Oh, I forgot to mention, if you want to donate stuff, you can bring it to the church during this week. And then we'll probably have it in the hallway and that kind of stuff. And then we'll organize it. Um, and then the sale is going to be Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning. And then Sunday after service, it's pack up everything that didn't sell, And then we'll put it back in storage. And then we'll feed you hot dogs and hamburgers, <laughs> as a way to say thank you. Um, I think that's all the ins and outs of the yard sale, but we really appreciate it. What's so great about this sale is that it's our one fundraiser a year, and that helps youth group go and do all the things that we do throughout the year. And then at the end of September, right when the men get back, we're taking the youth to a, an apologetics conference, and so we're going to teach them how to defend their faith. Amen? <laughs> all right. So, now, let's go ahead and move into our time to uh, continue our worship and receive our tithes and offerings. just want to read a verse. comes from Malachi 3.10. <coughs> says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I just get this picture of we've had a lot of rain this summer, Right? So much so that it, like, wiped away half of our 38, right? And it's like, God wants to bless us like that. Not wipe us out, but <laughs> but he wants to bless us. And so giving back what he's already given to him. And just as we're singing in the worship, like, we want to give him that honor. We want to give him the glory because he is our king. We want to give back those tithes and offerings because he's our king and we love him. And why wouldn't we want to give back to him? Amen. So as we think of that, as we we give into our tithes and our offerings, let's just be grateful for the ways that he overflows us with blessings. So let's go ahead and pray for that now. Father, we are so unbelievably grateful for everything that you give us. God, the many blessings that you provide us with, even when we don't deserve it, Lord, you're still there and you still provide. God, we, we ask that whatever is given into the tithes and offerings, Lord, that you would use it to allow this little church here to continue to expand and grow. God, that your kingdom would be filled with people that love you and that want to go out and tell the rest of the world about what you did for us, Lord. Help us to be kingdom-minded people and to see and do everything in a way that will bring you glory. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: We're streaming and all that. Welcome to everyone who's tuning in online and uh, awesome. Hey, if you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. With such a full day, um, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to end at eleven, but uh, it's already a ten thirty. So we'll see. Um, great. I, and, and in case you, everyone's invited to the barbecue and baptism. Please come. Um, it's gonna be a great time. And yep. Anyways. If you, if you like flipping hamburgers, talk to me or just don't even worry about talking to me. Just show up over there and you can be the, the chef. Hey, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to read from 5 through 17. So you've got your Bibles. I'm reading out of the ESV this morning. We uh, covered pretty much 1 through 4 last week, a little bit in this, but let's, let's start up here at 5. Fathers, as we read this Word, as we go into the time of the Word, they bless this uh, time, bless this message Lord, help us to be encouraged, challenged, um, enlightened in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so Paul's writing then to the church at Corinth, and he's, he's, there's been this, the divisions as people have brought up. I like this leader, I like this leader, and there's, there's things happening like that. So Paul in 5 says this, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Uh, He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. There's a very full and rich set of passages here, and, and there's really a lot of messages that we could cover. I want to want to focus in on a couple of things that's happening here as we go through. Um, one is that again, Paul is writing this letter to the church at Corinth, to believers in Jesus Christ. Now Uh, One thing that we need to remember, and if you have never heard this, need to learn that the building is not the church. This edifice that we have is not the church. What the church is, is the believers inside of the building, and they don't have to be in the building because wherever believers go, they are the church. The word for church in Greek is ecclesia. Ecclesia. It, it means the called out ones. It, it refers to people, not places. So when Paul is writing to the church, it's to a group of believers. And it's, it does have an understanding that it's a group of believers, not just a single believer, because God is calling us to live in community, not to be Lone Ranger Christians. And so he's writing this to the church, to the believers, to the called out ones. And he's wanting them to fix the things that are out of whack. Uh, there's some things happening that are hurting the church. That's where this uh, verse uh, 16 starts coming to about talking about the temple. No one should destroy the temple. We're going to get to that. But he, he wants the church to grow, to be fruitful, to be intact. And so he's uh, addressing some issues. And one of these issues is this issue between Paul and Apollos uh, uh, of who they are. Raising up to be their leaders. This morning, and I say this all the time, I say church, I call us church. We're the church. So, church, we are a church. We are a body of people who have been called out. Out of what? Out of the world. We are called to look different. We 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 are different. One of the things that that's happened in the last fifty years now, I can't believe I'm saying fifty, um, which had some really good things, but now is beginning to maybe get too far and getting to negative. Right, you get the pendulum swings of things. Is that uh, there, there was, for the last number of years? There's been a, this thing of we, we want to be able to relate to the world so we can reach them. The problem is that we've come so far over to relating with the world that we look just like the world. And in many cases, you can't tell the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian because we've gotten to this point where we look so much like the world. We are called out. We are not supposed to look like the world, but we're supposed to be able to relate With those in the world. We're supposed to be able to relate with the people so that we can reach them for the gospel. We are the the church, and this church is supposed to keep growing. And in this section here in 1 Corinthians, there are some things I want to point out about the church and about growth. And the first one is simply that it's God that causes the growth. It says, um, I planted Apollos water, but God gave. The growth in verse 6, uh, I'm, I'm l- just learning how to switch back and forth. I, I got a new new toy, and I, I like it, and um, so it's for the worship, and I thought, this is big enough that I can put my notes on this, because uh, I'm kind of blind, but it's God who causes the growth in the church. It's not, it's not people. It's not pastors. It's not teachers. It's, it's nobody, it's God. If we think we cause the growth, um, in fact, if it's if, if people, myself, leaders, teachers, those who are maybe influencing others, those who are planting or those who are doing the water, as Paul's talking about, if we think we're the reason of the growth, that we cause growth, we can become prideful. So, so anyone, we're talking to all of us as, as Christians, as leaders, as people who lead Bible studies, it's not us who cause the growth, it's God. Um, And and when pride begins to come up, that's one of the things Paul's talking about here. Division follows because we start raising people up going, wow, they're better or they're better or I'm better. And and it starts causing division in the church. And that's what Paul is writing about. There should be no divisions in the church. I don't want to oversimplify this, but who likes, uh, if you like, we're going to do two Two flavors of ice cream just for fun. Who likes, over chocolate and strawberry, who likes chocolate? Who likes strawberry? Okay, wow, look at that. I picked a couple of good flavors. I know you're probably going, there's way better flavors than those boring flavors. But if I have to choose, we have some chocolate people, we have some strawberry people. If I were to say, which is the best, you will tell me whatever it is you think. Chocolate, that's the best. Chocolate is what I like. Or somebody said, no, strawberry's the best. We do this in the church. Pastor Mike's the best. (laughs) Pastor Rob's the best. No, no, we're planting, we're watering. What's happening is you relate with somebody over somebody else. You're learning something, and that's great. Go to the place, attend the church that you're growing. But remember, it's not the pastor who causes the growth. It's not the teacher that causes the growth. Which life group is there? I say, oh, this life group's better than that one. I tried that one. That one was horrible. That one's great. They're a better teacher. Makes a great teacher. Whatever. No, stop. That's not what it's about. It's about where are you growing? Wherever you're growing, go there and grow. Go there and grow. I talk to people all the time. If this church isn't for you, if it's not a place you can grow, then help me, let me help you find a church where you can grow. Because God wants to help you grow, and He's the one who causes growth. And so, that's, uh, so we're the church. i got to set this so it doesn't turn off. Uh, we're the church, and we, we need to understand as God who's causing the growth. Number two is that, uh, and it's going to have a whole bunch of different notes and things in this. We get to be partners in the growth. We don't cause the growth. We're partners in the growth. In verse 9, it says that we are fellow workers. We're fellow workers in that. We partner with God and we partner with one another. Like like this morning, I am partnering with Mike Fulmer and Mike Barnes and Pastor Jay and Pastor Eric. I'm partnering with all of them to teach, to water this morning. And we pray that God causes growth in our partnership in the gospel. Isn't that a good picture? He you has know, a lot with Pastor John. We're, we're partners in the gospel. You are partners with each other in the gospel. You're my partner in the gospel. We are here to build the church, which I am part of the church, you're part of the church, and we are fellow workers. And um, we, there's something inside of us. Wouldn't you agree that something inside of us wants to be part of something significant? Remember when you were a kid, and you were out and, and playing, maybe, you know, playing baseball or, or basketball or something. You know, you, 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 you're going to make that shot and you imagine yourself, you know, in the finals. You imagine yourself in the World Series. You imagine yourself in the Super Bowl. You, there's something in us that always wants to be part of something significant. Church, this morning, I want to let you know you are part of something significant. You are part of something significant. You are part of the body of Christ, of of the kingdom of God that is reaching throughout the world, reaching the lost, discipling the saved, giving people a hope, bringing healing to lives. That is significant. We are part of something significant. And so we are partners in that work. I don't know if you've ever been uh, a part of something that, that seemed really significant. Maybe you played in a band or you, or you uh, played in a sport and maybe you weren't the, 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 the front player, but you knew like, wow, what we're doing today is really important. It's part, and you're like, and I am part of this. You are part of something significant in the body of Christ. You're a fellow worker. You're, you're part of this great thing, this great move that's happening. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 3, it, it gives us a couple of things. It starts talking about, it gives a couple of analogies, um, and it's interesting. He kind of changes. It goes from, uh, it talks about being farmers, you know, watering and planting. And then it goes to, it says that you are, are, are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. And then, it, and then it goes on to say, you are God's building. And so that's an interesting thing because you are, oops, You are, are what actually God is designing. God is building. Um, so if you are God's building this morning, you are, you are what God has purposed to build, we got to make sure there's a good foundation. This, this passage in 1 Corinthians 3 talks about the foundation. There is no other Foundation than Jesus Christ. There is no other foundation than Jesus Christ. We can't get lost in thinking that there are other foundations than Jesus, and we do all the time. We get lost, and sometimes we think fellowship is the foundation of our belief system, and we have the we just kind of become fellowship junkies. We just got to get together, and we have to fellowship. Fellowship is extremely important. It's part of the purpose actually of the church. It's part of the purpose that God created you for is to be and be with other believers, live life with other believers. That's that word fellowship. And, and it's, a, it's a real Christian word. We don't use it in too many other places besides the church fellowship. Um, I like what Pastor Rick Warren says. If, you go, if you're trying to understand what the word fellowship means, it's just like this. It's two fellows in a ship okay and you go well what does that mean well if you are there in a ship with somebody else and you want to get somewhere you need to work together you need you need to understand that you're going to the same place because you're in a ship and the ship is not going two directions it's going one so fellowship is that It's, it's people working together in order to go in one in one direction and they have to work together to do it and that is great so fellowship is important but that's not the foundation worship i love worship worship is powerful worship is great worship is not the foundation it seems that some churches try to build a foundation other than jesus and what they do is they take a part of what god wants a part of what jesus came to do with us and they build the foundation on the part instead of on him jesus is the foundation it's definitely not a pastoral figure. There's churches that are, seem that they're built on the, on the foundation of the personality of the pastor. And when that person falls, if that person leaves, the church goes, what do we do now? Well, and why do they do that? Because they had the wrong foundation it can look really, really good. I was thinking, imagine just a, a, a structure and it can be big, it can be like right here, we're building a, 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 a little block house and it's got, we, we're, we've got everything all tied together but we didn't attach it to the floor. You take that and you start moving it and it's gonna move everywhere and it's gonna collapse. Whatever is built needs to be attached to the foundation. One foundation for growth. It's by Jesus. In verses 10 and 11, it says, According to the grace of God given me, and Paul says, uses this word, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus needs to be our foundation. And if he's our foundation, we need to go back to him, go back to what did Jesus come to do? Why did he come? What did he do? And really build everything off of that foundation. Following? Am I I explaining okay so far? So fellowship, not the most important. Worship is not the most important. These are purposes. They are important, but Jesus is the most important thing. So remember, I can't cause my own growth. I can't cause the church's growth. We partner together. And if I'm going to become all that I can become, if the church is going to grow, and, and when we talk about growth, we're talking both. We're talking about really growing up in him, becoming stronger, becoming mature. Remember at the beginning of chapter three, it talked about whether that, that we were still like infants, that we were immature, or the, that the church in Corinth was. And he says, I can't even address you like i'd like to because you're still immature you're like infants we need to keep growing and if we want the church to grow that way and also for others to be added to the to the body to the church um then we need to understand it's god that causes the growth we partner together and he is the foundation he is the foundation in this section here um we, there's a few pictures that he gives us of, of what we are. Um, the, one of the first ones is that he says that we are servants. We're servants. Paul is a servant. Apollos was a servant. You, I, we're all fellow servants in this church. Not, and, not, and not the local church, journey church only. But we are servants in the church of Christ, in the body of Christ. We are not saviors. And, and I want to speak to anyone who's in leadership uh, at all in a ministry. You are not the Savior. I am not the Savior. You're a servant. Th- this whole thing of Christianity is kind of upside down. You know, in most organizations, you're like vying. I just want to be at the top and I want to be this thing. And this, it's like upside down where, where the greatest of all is, is the servant of all. And it's an upside down pyramid instead. We're not trying to get to the top. We're trying to serve one another. And we have to realize that that's what we've come to do is to serve. Jesus himself says, I came not to be served but to serve and make my life as a ransom for many. Um, If we're servants, we don't want to put people on a pedestal. We talked a little bit about this last week. Nobody goes on the pedestal but Jesus. Nobody goes on the pedestal but Jesus. It's hard not to. This is what, it's real easy to do this. Just, wow, they're so good, they're so noble, they're so whatever. We're going to keep the people off the pedestal. Because the moment we start looking to people, we open ourselves up. One of the things is that we open ourselves up to, to failure and hurt. How many times have you seen somebody that you respected fall and it, 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 it hurts? Sometimes it, it ruins people's faith. Well, why, does it, why when a person falls does it ruin somebody's faith? Because their faith wasn't in the right person. The the, the, the faith needs to be in Jesus and understand that everyone is human. Everyone is supposed to be the servant. So no pedestal. Um, If that has happened to you, it it might have been because maybe you made them too important. Um, Let's put Jesus... On there, I hate to say hear things like I can't go to church anymore because, um, because of people, or or there's a I can't go to church because I can't put up with with people. Um, I I joke around that way sometimes. I'm like, you know, the church would be great if it wasn't for all these people, <laughs> right? And it, and isn't that just true feelings sometimes? You're like, wow, it's it's hard to be in relationship with people. It's hard to to do the thing because they just don't think like me and they're so weird. That's what you guys think about me. You're like, he is so weird. But he's calling us to, to live life and to bring our uniqueness and to bring our gifts together, um, not just putting one person on there. So we are his servants. That was a picture in, the, in this section that we just read. He says that we are farmers. We are farmers. Isn't that, isn't that great? That's what you, you grew up all your life saying, when I grow up, I want to be a farmer. That's that's why we live in California in the south of Southern California because we just want to be. You know, it's not something you always think about. I just want to be a farmer. Now as I get older, I kind of go, man, I wish I was a farmer. I wish I was in the Midwest. I wish I was a place with with more conservative ideas. But but we're farmers. And what do farmers do? Well, Paul has talked about this. He says some plant and some water. Wow. How amazing is that? That's what we do. We plant and we water. Aren't I so good? I'm planting. I'm watering. That's a great picture. It's a simple act. And that's all we're doing. Again, we need uh, leaders, we need to remember, it's not something crazy, difficult that we're doing. We're not so amazing because we're able to teach or do something because the truth is all we're doing is planting a seed or watering a seed. Paul is simplifying it down. It's, that's humbling. Next week, I'm just going to dress up with a big water spout on my head. <laughs> that's my job. want to help give Give something to you that God can use to help you grow. Simple act. So, one of the questions is, is what simple act can we do? What simple act we can do? Watering, planting, they're simple acts. What simple act does God want you to do to be part of this fellowship, to be a fellow worker, to, to do something so that God can use that to help? the church grow. We're we're servants. We're farmers. We're fellow workers. We talked a little bit about that. We work together, and we have different gifts and abilities, different gifts and abilities. Everyone, we need your gift. We need your ability. Some of you this morning went, oh, my goodness, wasn't worship great? Wow, Robert really has a gift an anointing to lead worship. It's one of his gifts. We're not going to put him on a pedestal either. He brought his gift, but you know one of the things he would say is that if it wasn't for the support of Julie, his wife, who, who supports him in so much and who helped him pick out the music and David in the back who turned up and down the volume and mixed the volume and Gary playing drums and somebody putting the words up so that you weren't just staring at us like this. We love it when there's no words on there because everyone just kind of stops and they just look. <laughs> I always know when, I have to, when the words disappeared before I even had that back screen. I'm like, oh, there's no words up there. Everyone brings their gift, their ability to the table. The church was clean today. Aren't you glad? The bathrooms, they were disinfected this week. Some of you should say hallelujah because you didn't see the bathrooms this week, right? <laughs> bring your gift. Bring whatever it is to the table because we're fellow workers, we're not in competition, we're co-laborers. I read a a headline this week. You guys are gonna, some of you are gonna know who it was. It was comparing a couple of basketball players, I believe, who both got these huge um, contracts. One of them kept the money, the other one gave a lot of the money back to the team so that other people could make more money. I, I, I want to find that article it was pretty cool. And I thought, wow, how unusual is that? I think this person understood we are fellow workers. We are co-laborers in this game. It's not just about me. Isn't it sad that we're at a place in time that uh, one person on a football team who's Throwing the ball can make, you know, $15 million more than that. But the person who gives him the ball is making less than a million. You know, if that person didn't hand him the ball, he wouldn't get the ball and he wouldn't be able to throw the ball. We've got it all mixed up. Let's not do that in the church. Every one of you has a gift. Please use it to serve the body. The last one says that we are not just his building, but we are builders. We're builders. We we are the building itself, but we're supposed to be building. Paul says that whatever the foundation is, like a master builder, I laid the foundation, which was Jesus. And he says, so be careful how you build on it. Um, Do so with thought. Do so with care. Let me read that. Verse 10, um, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. He was not upset that Apollos was building upon it. He just wanted to make known, let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And in verse 12, this is a big part of this here, if we can get to it. Now, Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw if, if you are sitting in this room this morning and you've called on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. The foundation has been laid that Jesus Christ loved you, died for you, f- took away your sins because you trusted Him to be your Savior. If you don't, didn't understand that you needed a Savior, um, that you needed to be saved from your sins, and you just are thinking you're joining a church, you may not be saved. Because you need to understand that you need a Savior in order to be saved. And you need to be understand, well, what am I being saved from? From sin, from hell, from death. That's what Christ came to do. If you believe that and you trust in Him and says, yes, I know I can't do this myself. I need a Savior. Then you're saved. So the next part is, who is building on you? And what are they building on you? Now, this is where the building part is a little weak. You know, you've got to be careful in analogies in the Bible. Don't take them too far. Because you are a building, but the difference between you and a building, you get to choose who and what gets built upon you. That's up to us. Buildings don't have that choice. You need to be very careful in in how you let people build upon you and what they build upon you. And in life, people want to build on you. They want you to believe certain things. They want you to do certain things. They want you to act a certain way. We have seen a huge uh, shift in in what America believes in the last 10 years because so much teaching is coming to us via um, radical media. Media used to be limited to maybe the radio, a newspaper, a a, a magazine article, which a lot of people didn't read those things. So maybe radio and TV, and TV was only limited. I mean, think back 30 years. How much TV did you watch 30 years ago? Now think about how much media are you consuming today? Today. Twice as much? Three times as much? The world is building on your foundation every day. We as believers have to be careful who's building on us. Things have entered in that I can't believe we question any longer. We actually question whether maybe it's okay for a 10 or a 12-year-old girl to become a 10 or 12-year-old boy that wouldn't even have happened 10 years ago not in the the way it's happening today not even just 10 years ago it would have been a fringe element who would have said yeah maybe because they've got these you know idiosyncrasies and maybe 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 How could we have survived 6,000 years without this being a thing to say now it's not just a thing, this is what's happening? Because we have allowed people to build on our foundation through social media, what they call normal and natural. There's good that can come out of media, obviously, lots of it. Back in the early days of TV, they would put the token black person into a white show so we would get used to seeing black people. It was They were doing it on purpose. Thank God, because racism has gone away a lot. Because of some of those things, that was a good thing to understand that there is no difference in color between people. There's just people. So, yes, that helped us go, yes, and we started finding shows. I remember I was they were reruns already for me, but you know the Jeffer well, not the, the Jeffersons actually I think was on one in my time, but good Times and some of these shows where they were they had uh leading roles were were african americans and for me i honestly i don't I didn't grow up really racist at all I, it was great but that was wonderful that helped us go yeah look at they're funny they're they're normal and this whole for some people they went you mean black people might be normal i say that to our shame but that's where we were you can look you know, some people we we got past that but now what they're doing is saying This is normal, and this is normal, and this is normal. Doing something that's going to psychologically alter a 10, 12, 14, 20-year-old person and let them have a transition to a sex change and becomes transgender is now becoming normal. They're building onto your foundation. They're building onto my foundation. The things that we think are okay, that the world is trying to say is okay, we need to see, We need to go back to the foundation, Jesus. And we need—that's uh, a whole another message. We need to do that with love. We need to do that with care. We need to do that with respect. We need to do that with prayer. We need to help people battle these things. But we have to be careful of what's happening. Don't lay any other foundation. Jesus Christ, the foundation, but there's many ways to heaven. Wrong, wrong building. There's not many ways. We've got to keep the foundation and be careful who builds upon it. I'm going to turn this into a two-part message and I'm, I want to pique your interest a little bit. Next week, we're going to get into this whole part of where it says being careful of how you build, and what you're building with, because there's judgment coming. This is something we don't talk a lot about, so we're going to hit that next week. Um, I, was, I, I was hoping for a little bit more time this morning, but um, I can't do this justice this morning, so come back next week so you can hear this, this portion of it. Um, let me kind of sum up and... one of the things that we want to do even as we're understanding that we are servants and farmers and fellow workers and builders and and not to be putting people on on pedestals and wondering what should go on to our foundation and we need to look to the word for our truth the bible doesn't change it was good Six, it was good, you know, as they've written it to the stories of 6,000 years back. Um, it was good for us all through time, and it's still good today. And we also have to understand that we're not supposed to really be looking to the here and now. We are supposed to be looking to the eternal. One of the, 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 the teachings that comes into the church subtly really makes it feel like the most important thing is now. You can be blessed today. You can have a better car today. You can have a better house. You can have a better this. You can get healing. God only cares about healing your body. These things are all extras. The focus is on heaven. There's nothing wrong with having a great house. If you have a house that you can use to minister to other people and be a blessing to other people, that is wonderful. If you have a house so you can say, look at me, I have a great house, reevaluate it. Don't just think about here. Don't think about just now. When you are pouring into your kids, don't just think about I want them to be happy today, but I, I want them to go to heaven. I want them to know Jesus. I want to build a foundation that lasts. Keep looking to your eternal reward. That starts getting into next week, so I'm going to. I don't have a good closing for today because my closing's for next week. <laughs> so I'm going to close. We're fellow workers simple acts let's you know I encourage you this week even be, be reading in this be letting it soak into you there are a lot of people in the kingdom that are doing stuff but let's not put anyone on the pedestal let's think about what we're allowing to be put into our foundation and I think we most of us in here are pretty guilty of, of, of watching listening um, to stuff we probably shouldn't be and the question is, is it influencing you? And that's a personal thing. It probably is more than we understand. More than we understand. If you look, if you look around, it's a subtle thing. If you look around, 30 or 40 years ago, the dress in this room would have looked way different. It just people, it, people would have dressed differently. Why are we dressing like we're dressing today? Because we're lucky. lucky. Thank you. (laughs) Thirty years ago, I was wearing, well, 34 years ago, I was wearing neon parachute pants. (laughs) I had a mullet with frosted tips. (laughs) Why don't I wear that anymore? Because I got smart. Why did we change our clothes? Society, culture, it moved, and wow, look at that. So did we. Bell bottoms went away, and now they've come back. If you don't think that you're influenced by stuff around, you just look in your wardrobe. Look at the things that you're buying and eating. We're influenced a lot. Let's pray about that right now as we close. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we don't want to let anything on our foundation other than Jesus. God, we don't want people to build things that are going to take us away from you, to focus us in the wrong direction. We want good builders who build with the Word of God to build on us, Father. Help us to reject other things help us to recognize if we're we're getting away from the truth or from the center of the gospel god help us to not have division and not raise up for us leaders that we hold one over the other but let us love the brethren equally god let us um hear from you this week and in that which you want us to do lord i thank you for um this time together i thank you for our time uh in the baptism and in time and in fellowship at the barbecue together, bless that. Let it, be, let it be rich as people are showing their commitment and their desire to wholeheartedly follow you um, who is our foundation. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. His last service, yeah. Oh, you know, wow.